You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley and Jake Mastriani with you after round one of this three-game series uh, between the first-place New York Mets and the Atlanta Braves, who were hoping to maybe turn themselves into the top team in the NL East. Not to be, as Max Scherzer and the New York club come to town, claim a 4-1 win, and take first blood in this series. Lots of stuff to get into here as we break down this game and, of course, preview game two of the series coming your way on Tuesday. Before we get into all that, though, I want to remind you to subscribe here on YouTube to the all-new Lockdown Sports Atlanta. We appreciate the nearly 2,500 of you who've done so already. And if you haven't, what are you waiting for? Go ahead, click subscribe, and enable alerts so you'll get notifications every time we drop an episode. And if you like the Braves postcast, you'll love everything else Jake has for you on Lockdown Braves all season long. And you can find that by subscribing to Lockdown Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, with all of that out of the way, Jake, I think that this postcast and probably any episode of Lockdown Braves you do after this game is going to be tempered a little bit by the expectations that we might have had for what this series could hold for the Braves. They won't be able to take over first place in this series now. Max Scherzer saw to that. It was a vintage performance from the Mets righty and for Braves lefty Max Fried, it seemed like he really had to battle just to get through five. Yeah, unfortunately, not exactly. I mean, it was still a low-scoring game in a pitcher's duel. It didn't kind of feel like that with the way that Max Freed pitched in this game. But, I mean, he kept them in it. But Max Scherzer is a future Hall of Famer for a reason. He was on it tonight. And, you know, I felt like there was a lot of pressure on the Mets in this game, maybe more so in the Braves with the way the Braves have played lately, a game they really needed to win with their best right now on the mound until Jacob deGrom comes back. But Braves still had a chance late in this one to tie it up, take the lead. But overall, you know, a good game. Uh, you know, this series is going to be tightly contested all the way through, and Braves still got a chance to win it. I think we expected this to be a, a real battle between these two clubs over the course of this three-game series. And as I've said all season long, the 2022 Mets are not the team that they were a year ago. I feel like this team's going to have more staying power. They have gone out and made some pretty good moves. They didn't have all of the players that they would have liked to have had out there in this game, of course. They were without Starling Marte, who's kind of nursing an injury, and it was a little bit of a makeshift lineup, if you will, for Buck Showalter's team, but the offense was able to do just enough, and you know Max Scherzer took it from there, and we'll talk about that as we jump into the line score of game number 88 for the Braves, the opener of the three-game set against the Mets, who grabbed the win, improved to 54 and 33 on the year, four runs, nine hits, no errors, 10 men left on base for the Mets. Braves, meanwhile, 52 and 36 now as they take the loss, a run on five hits, no errors, four men left aboard, precious few chances for the Braves in this one, the only run coming on a solo home run by Austin Riley against Scherzer, really the only mistake he made in this game. Uh, Max is now 6-1, and one, Scherzer that is. Max Fried, meanwhile, 9-3 and three as he takes the loss. Edwin Diaz is 19th save of the season for the Mets to close it out. Game lasted three hours and three minutes and a crowd of 42,925 on hand to see it. The third biggest part or uh, third biggest crowd rather in Truist Park history. So a lot of folks were primed for this matchup, Jake, and for good reason. You know, these are two clubs that, you know, the Mets got off to the hot start. The Braves got off to the opposite of that, kind of a lukewarm start. Then all of a sudden on June 1st, the Braves have really turned it into what has been an incredible run. 20 games over 500 since then. The Mets just three games over 500 in that same stretch. And that is how the division lead went from 10 and a half games all the way down to one and a half. But you knew in the midst of all of that, the injury was a big story for the Mets. The injury storyline, I should say, because Max Scherzer was not available for some of that time. 
but he was certainly available on Monday night. A vintage performance from him, seven innings of three-hit ball, just a one-run, no walks, nine strikeouts, a home run allowed to Austin Riley, and second start since his return from the injured list. Meanwhile, on the other side, I'm curious to get your thoughts about Max Fried. It seemed like he was really having to grind his way through, and maybe that glute injury that had him make an early exit from his last start was something he was still trying to work through here. Yeah, look, he's never going to make any kind of excuse. You wouldn't expect that, but you got to imagine something wasn't right with Max Fried. He walked five batters. That is just not the Max Fried that we are used to seeing. It's only the second time this year he's walked more than two batters in a game. So clearly something not right there, something a little off. You know it's not the pressure. This is a guy that just pitched game six of the World Series. It's nothing to do with that. Uh, I believe it just has to be something mechanical, something bothering him uh, to where he just couldn't get his command, couldn't get the feel for his pitches in this one. Despite all of that, goes five innings, only allows two runs. He's an eyelash away from only yeah. allowing one run. I mean, again, it's just incredible. I was you know, reading a lot of, of tweets out there saying, if this is the worst version of Max Freed that we get, you know, I think we're going to be just fine. So, you know, again, he, he kept his team in it, as your ace will do. And, you know, despite not having his best stuff, I believe he'll be just fine going forward, not worried about it at all. Unfortunate that it comes in a big spot like this, going up, up against the Mets, the team they're trying to catch, going up against Max Scherzer, where you essentially needed Max Freed to be perfect on this night, and he was far from it. Yeah, and perfect's always asking a lot. I mean, regardless of how well a guy has pitched, you know, every fifth day, there are going to be some games where you just don't have it. I know Mark Bowman of MLB.com wrote that sometimes you need your ace to deal on nights he doesn't have his best stuff. And I felt like Max getting through five with just the two runs allowed was, you know, enough at least to leave the Braves in a position to hopefully get something going offensively. That's the other part of the equation. The Braves bats were silenced by Max Scherzer for much of the ball game until Austin Riley finally connected and left the ballpark. But you brought up those walks from Max Freed, and it was a very un-Max Freed-like uh, line for this night. Uh, five innings pitched. He allowed five hits to two runs. Both of them earned five walks and five strikeouts. This is only the second time in his career he has walked five batters in a game. It is his career high. The last time it happened was way back in 2019, so it's been a hot minute. And this does interrupt a streak for the Braves of winning nine consecutive Max Freed starts. The last time they had lost with him on the mound was back on May the 18th. So that had been a hot minute as well. And, you know, I know that Max Freed has given the Braves plenty of good performances throughout the season and plenty of great performances over the course of the last three or four years. I think if you had some folks in your mentions talking about, well, if this is the worst version of Max Freed, this is not too bad. I had some that were questioning his validity as a big game pitcher on a Monday in the middle of July. So uh, things were trending in some kind of direction, that's for sure. But you gotta I use that block button, Grant. You got to find that, that block. <laughs> you know, I find the mute button. It really does a whole lot more for me typically. And I don't like to give people the satisfaction, but either way, um, you know, this is one of those nights where everybody was amped up. Everybody wanted to see Max Fried in the form that we have seen for much of this season. And this just wasn't a night he was able to deliver it. But I do think there's a lot to be said for him being able to battle through those five innings. And then there's an awful lot to be said for the fact that Max Scherzer went out there and was Max Scherzer. He pounded the strike zone. He didn't walk anybody, and he was missing a lot of bats. And that's uh, going to be a tough ride for an offense. Yeah, it is. And and look, I mean, it's what you kind of expect from Max Scherzer. The offense did nothing through the first four or five innings of this game. 
Then you you talk about why it's so hard for pitchers to get through a complete game. I thought the Braves hitters that third time through, unfortunately, that didn't come till the sixth, seventh inning, started to make some better contact right. against him. I mean, they had an opportunity there late. I cannot believe that ball from Dancy Swanson did not get out on just about any other night. That ball is gone. And then, you know, if Riley's homer continues to follow, then that's a, a tie ball game right there. So I think in this game, when you talk about the two offenses, I think you see the difference in between what the Braves do and what the Mets do. The Braves are reliant on that home run ball. They are looking to slug, to mash, to make hard, to hit the ball hard, which they did on this night. They had eight balls hit 103 miles per hour or harder. They made hard contact, just some uh, some bad luck late in the game, especially when they started making better swings. But the Mets rely on battling, putting the ball in play. You saw the soft contact. Francisco Lindor had two singles on balls hit 63 miles per hour. Uh, it's just it's it's what the Mets do. It's the difference in these two lineups and in matchups like this when you're going up against a tough pitcher in Max Scherzer, who's not going to give a lot of long balls. It's going to be a tough tough game for the Braves to win, and the Mets just battled again on a night where Freed didn't have it. So, I mean, credit to them, the way they fouled off some tough pitches, put the balls in play when they needed to, and scored enough runs to get the job done. Yeah, and you mentioned an eyelash away from perhaps allowing just one run, but really with the two runs the Mets scored against Freed in that third inning, Austin Riley came that close to making a diving play on Pete Alonso's RBI double that scored the first run. And then, of course, there was that double play that a replay did not help the Braves out, and that was just what the Mets needed, was that game of inches, which was not kind to the Braves on this night and allowed the Mets to – Grabbed a couple of runs they needed to back up Max Scherzer. And as I said before, he took care of the rest. We'll talk about what did not go on for the Braves offense, which was a whole lot of scoring. That's something the Braves had done a lot of over the past six or seven weeks, but not something they were doing much of on Monday night. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about Coffee AM. It's an Atlanta-based small batch coffee roaster. I want you to go check them out over at coffeeam.com slash locked on today. They've got a full menu of coffees and teas and gift sets. All kinds of great stuff. That's coffeeam.com slash locked on. Use the coupon code locked on at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, they've got great coffee. They got teas. They got gift sets. I just got a whole box full of great stuff from the good folks over at Coffee AM. And I am looking forward to starting my day with them uh, throughout what should be the next three days. I might need a lot of coffee. Depends on how hard I'm going to be working, but they're going to be helping me out. And I hope that you will check them out as well. Again, coffeeam.com slash locked on. The best small batch coffee roaster in America. That is Coffee AM. Uh, as for the Braves, they may be need a little something to wake up the bats on Tuesday, and they're going to be facing uh, David Peterson, and we'll get into that matchup in a moment. But uh, on the night against Max Scherzer, just not a whole lot of opportunity. And a couple of things I noticed outside of Austin Riley, who was definitely hitting the ball hard, hit his 24th home run of the season. Uh, you had Robinson Cano making his Braves debut. We waited a long time to bring this up, the former Met, uh, former Padre this season as well. Uh, and also a longtime Seattle Mariner, New York Yankee, over the course of his, what, 17-year career, two of the Braves' five hits. Jake, what would you make of Robinson Cano? I thought he flashed some leather around the second base bag as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought he made a couple of good plays defensively, uh, a nice little double play there as well to get out of a jam. So, uh, look, you bring him in against a team he's just familiar with, you know, maybe he gets going. I mean, I know he was hitting good over there at AAA for San Diego. Look, it's a... I talked about on Lockdown Braves on Monday. It's a it's a no-risk type move, and you get a two-, three-week sample size here before the trade deadline, see what Cano can do. Can he hold down this spot until, you know, hopefully Ozzy comes back. So I like the move. I like uh, the decision. Hopefully it pans out for the Braves. Obviously he has plenty of experience. And, yeah, on a night where not much got going with the Braves offense, Robinson Cano delivered. So uh, game one certainly went well for him. 
Yeah, well, Braves will take as many multi-hit games as Cano can come up with. He has one for each of the teams he's played for now this year, one for the Mets, one for the Padres, and one for the Braves. It comes on that first night. Meanwhile, for Matt Olson, a four-strikeout game in this one, first time since back in September 13th of 2020 that Olson had fanned four times in one game. So hopefully he's got that out of the system, and he'll be able to help about Spencer Strider and the Braves as we even up this series in game two. We'll tell you about that in a moment. Before that, I want to let you know about the Sports Card Investor app because whether you're a casual card collector or looking for an exciting alternative investment opportunity, the free Sports Card Investor app has something for you. Over 630,000 cards from every sport with hundreds more added each week. Check the latest values of your favorite cards and the best prices. You can buy directly through the app on the eBay deals feature. You can download the Sports Card Investor app today on Google Play and in the Apple App Store or go to sportscardinvestor.com slash locked on to find out more. The Braves would like to collect a win behind Spencer Strider in Game 2 on Tuesday night, 7.20 p.m. Eastern time, the first pitch. Strider 4-2, and two, David Peterson 5-1, and one, but the Braves have had Peterson's number over the years. Yeah, and this is where we're going to see, you know, the depth of the Braves starting pitching, hopefully. Look, Max Reed can go toe-to-toe with any pitcher in the league, and when he matches up against the other team's ace, you know, you you would not be surprised he comes away with a win there. But if not, it's the depth of the Braves starting pitching that I think, you know, will make the difference in the long run for them. We'll get to see that on Tuesday as Spencer Strider takes the mound, and the way that he has looked lately, you know, you certainly feel good with him out there. And again, hopefully the Braves can can go get going offensively. Certainly need to, and I sure I'm sure it's going to be a breath of fresh air to face somebody other than Max Scherzer and hopefully Edwin Diaz, who has pitched in three straight games now. So hopefully you can avoid both of those guys on Tuesday and get a good win, even up this series. Well, they don't want to see Max Scherzer on the mound. They also don't want to see him pinch hit. I can think of a couple of times that hasn't worked out for him well either. So thank you for the universal DH. But yeah, not seeing Edwin Diaz late in the game could be a difference maker for the Braves, but they're hoping to score early, score often, and be able to grab a lead behind Spencer Strider. He looks for win number five. He'll be facing David Peterson of the Mets, who'll be on the mound in game two, 7.20 p.m. Eastern time at Truist Park, as the Braves look to even up their three-game set with the Mets and have a chance to win the series and perhaps be as close as half a game out of first place by the time it all wraps up. We're wrapping up here, though, on the Braves Postcast, part of the all-new Locked On Sports Atlanta. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and subscribe to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, the bad news from Truist Park. It was the Mets 4 and the Braves 1 in Game 1, but we'll be back at it after Game 2, hopefully to recap a Braves win for you here on the Braves Postcast. For Jake Mastriani, I'm Grant McCauley, and we will catch you soon. So long, everyone.